What's going on, Hawk Nation? Jake Ward here with you on the HNU Hawkcast as we are already bringing to you episode 14 of the 2018-2019 school year. We've got the last bit of basketball to catch you up on and get you prepared for. We've also got some action out on the baseball diamond, some tennis action, and then a little golf links to bring to you. This week on episode 14 of the HNU Hotcast, we will start as always with HNU women's basketball in the only contest they had last week on Saturday. They faced off against the Dominican Penguins over at the Conlin Center in San Rafael, California. And the Hawks came away with a double-digit loss. It was a final 95-52 in favor of the Penguins. It was a game that the Penguins controlled pretty much the entire way. The Hawks never truly in the game. After a big first quarter, they were down 22-14, and it would continue just to get out of hand for the Hawks as they would drop the final 95-52. In the game for the Hawks was the second most points they had given up in a single game this season. The highest point total they've allowed this year also came against the same Dominican Penguins team in which they allowed 102 points back on December 9th of last year. Leading the way in the game for the Hawks was Ariana Hernandez as she dropped 14 points to go along with three rebounds. The 14 points coming on the strength of four for nine shooting from beyond the arc. The double figures was the 18th time this season for Ariana. And Angelis Carly Hilliard also got into double figures as well. She had 12 points to go along with her three rebounds. It was the 22nd time this season that Angelis has reached double figures, and she has been there in 22 out of 27 games, a mark that leads the team. And as we look at the conference leaders for women's basketball, see a couple of Hawks still up there amongst the top scorers in the conference. In total points right now, Angelis Carly Hilliard sits in 11th with 371 points, while Ariana Hernandez has dipped down to 14th with a total of 361 points. But Ange still tops the charts in field goal percentage as she leads the entire conference shooting 51.6% from the floor. And another Hawk up there in first place, we've been bringing it to you all year long, that is Ariana Hernandez as she leads the conference in total three pointers made. She currently has 84. The next closest in the conference has 77 and with one game to play there's a very good chance that Ariana will lead the conference in three pointers when the season is all said and done. She is already the Hawks single season three point record holder and we will give you that update as we wrap up the season next week. Amongst the other conference leaders in total assists you see Ellie Berland. Ellie in sixth place with 82 total assists but even better and the assist per game, she sits in third in the conference with 3.7 and just five spots behind her senior Taylor Krause has eighth place locked down as she is averaging 2.8 assists per game. And as we bring you the national chase for Ariana Hernandez and the three-pointers right now, Ari sits in fourth in all of the NCAA Division II women's basketball with 84 three-pointers. She is just one behind third place who has 85. So Ariana still in top five, still chasing down the top three in the nation for three-pointers made. We'll see if she can remain in the top five with just one more game coming up this coming Saturday when the Hawks try Travel down to Fresno Pacific to take on the Sunbirds. In men's basketball action, they as well had just one contest this past week, that being a matchup with the same Penguins over at Dominican. And the men's basketball also came up with a loss, however, a lot closer of a game. This one went down to the wire and was a 75-73 victory for the Penguins. Now, for the Hawks, it was their second chance to clinch a tournament spot, but 
it was the second straight loss they had in those scenarios. However, HNU still able to get a spot in the tournament, and we'll recap that with you when we go over our Coach's Corner segment with HNU men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez. The loss for the Hawks to the Penguins gives a season split with the Penguins as the Hawks won 71-58 back on December 9th. It was the home opener for the Hawks in that game. Now, in this game... The game was tied at 15-15 with 13 minutes left in the opening frame of the contest. The Hawks scored the next six points to give them a 21-15 lead. However, the Penguins answered with a 14-2 run as they would then go up by six with seven minutes left in that first half. The teams would then trade buckets, but it was still a six-point deficit for the Hawks after one half had been completed as the halftime score was 43-37. Andre Green came out and scored the first four points in the second frame for the Hawks. However, Dominican built the lead back up to 51-43 after those four points. HNU then would score 14 unanswered to go up by 7, 58-51, as that was just about midway through the second half. However, Dominican then answered with a big run of their own as they would go up 13-3, as they would have a 13-3 run to retake the lead from the Hawks and go up by 3, 64-61, with just 5 minutes left in the game. The Hawks would tie the game, and then each team would trade buckets as the score would remain tied at 66 all with just under three minutes remaining. A three-pointer would then give the Penguins the lead until the Hawks tied it at 72 with just under one minute left in regulation. But then another big three-pointer from Dominican would end up giving them the 75-73 win. And in the game for the Hawks, leading the way was Alonzo Taylor. He dropped a team-high 18 points to go along with tying a team-high in rebounds, which he had five. Andre Green would have 15 points and three rebounds, while Jules Sanders had 14 points and four rebounds. But as we mentioned, the Hawks were still able to clinch a spot in the PacWest Conference postseason tournament as they would clinch a spot with a loss by Fresno Pacific as they would drop a game to the Point Loma Sea Lions by 20, a final there, 91-71. And we will talk about the way that the Hawks would clinch their tournament berth rather anticlimactic and of course as a coaching staff as a team probably not the way that you would want to clinch it you want to make sure you clinch it on the strength of a victory but as we have talked about with head coach Omar Sanchez all season long you will take it however you can get it has been their season goal and ultimately they have accomplished that goal to make it to the tournament. The seeding is still up in the air as we come to you today. Just the five spots have been determined. The one through five spots as it stands currently, Point Loma number one, Concordia number two, Chaminade three, Azusa Pacific four, and your Hawks sitting in the number five spot. The battle for number six is down to just two teams. That would be Academy of Art and Hawaii Hilo, with Academy of Art holding just a half-game advantage over the Hilo Vulcans. And... Academy of Art will be in action Thursday and Saturday night, while Hawaii Hilo will be in action just Saturday, so that matchup will come down more than likely to the final game of the season this coming Saturday. On to some other Hawks action from over the weekend. We turn to the Baseball Diamond, where the Hawks had their first PacWest Conference Series of 2019. They faced off with number 11, Azusa Pacific, and they came away with a, a series split 2-2, two to two, as they had doubleheaders on Friday, February 22nd, and Saturday, February 23rd. The Hawks facing off with the nationally ranked Cougars. 
a team that really is expected to be among the top in the conference as well. And they came away with a game one win by a final of six to four. In that game, the top hitters for the Hawks, Will Ruiz, went two for three with two runs scored. He also had an RBI, that coming on the strength of a solo home run in which he and Alante Uribe went back-to-back -back in the bottom of the first inning, really set the tone for the rest of the game. The game would eventually be tied. However, the Hawks scoring three runs in the bottom of the seventh inning to give them the 6-4 victory. Alante Uribe in that game was one for five with the solo home run, as well as Ryan McCandless went two for three, scoring a run, earning the win on the mound in that game for the Hawks was Jeff Hill as his record then improved to one and one he tossed one and two-thirds innings allowing just two hits he did not allow a run he walked one batter he struck out one batter he also hit one batter with a pitch and getting the save for the Hawks in his first opportunity of the season was Joshua Nelson as he tossed a clean ninth inning as he only walked one batter he struck out the side as he came in in a little bit of a jam that first walk loaded the bases. He would then strike out the next three batters in order to preserve the win for the Hawks by a final of 6-4. Game two of the series, however, did not go the Hawks' way as they would drop that contest by a final of 12-2. It was scoreless all the way up until the top of the fifth inning when Azusa scored three times. They would then score one more in the top of the sixth. The Hawks cut the deficit in half in the bottom half of the sixth as they made the game 4-2. to two. That coming on a sacrifice fly and an RBI single. However, then uh, the Cougars would score five runs in the top of the seventh, eight sorry, two in the eighth and one in the ninth to make the final 12 to two. The top hitters for the Hawks in game two, Carlos Cosio went one for three. Alante Uribe was one for two with an RBI and Ryan Frakes was also one for three while adding an RBI. Taking the loss for the Hawks in that game was Jamin Graveman as he tossed five and a third innings. He allowed nine hits, nine runs. Eight of those nine runs were earned. He walked two, he struck out one and did have one wild pitch in the 28 batters that he faced. The Hawks would then rebound as they would make sure they did not lose two in a row as they came back and took game three of the four-game series by a final of 2-0. This game, the only scoring in the game happened in the bottom of the fourth inning as the Hawks would score twice. That came on an RBI walk by Noah Padilla, and then Ryan McCandless would add a sack fly as the next batter and go up 2-0, that would be the only scoring in that game. William Ruiz, 2-for-3 with a run scored and a double. Carlos Cosio, 1-for-4, also with a run scored and a double. Of course, Noah Padilla getting the RBI walk and McCandless with the sacrifice fly. They would each be credited with an RBI. Getting the win for the Hawks was Garrett O'Callaghan as he had the best outing by a Hawks starting pitcher this season. He absolutely dazzled through eight innings plus. He allowed only four hits, did not allow a run, did not walk a single batter while striking out 12, a great strikeout to walk ratio as he went eight full. And on to get the save was Joshua Nelson as it was a bit of an unconventional save. He came in, he got the first out of the ninth inning before giving way to Jeff Hill who then recorded the second out of the inning and got up 
0-2 on his next matter before head coach Esteban Contreras went back to the bullpen to bring Joshua Nelson back in. He would get the final strike of the ball game and earn his second save of the series and the season. His final line looked two-thirds of an inning with one walk and one strikeout. Jeff Hill, one-third of an inning, one strikeout in the hold for Jeff Hill. As the Hawks looked to get the series win, they would be denied as they were shut out in Game 4 of the series by a final of 5 to nothing. This was a 7-inning game in Game 4. All five runs coming for Azusa Pacific in the top half of the fourth inning as they would score on a fielder's choice, a sacrifice fly, a double, and then a single in that ball game. The top hitters for the Hawks, William Ruiz, once again, he would go one for four in that game. Carlos Cosio was one for three, and Christian Carlos was one for two as they collected the only three hits in the entire ball game for the Hawks. Taking the loss was Drew Stahl as he went four and a third innings, allowed eight hits, five runs. All five of those runs were earned. He walked two batters, he struck out three, and was charged with two wild pitches and one hit batter. Overall for the series, the top hitter, you've heard his name a couple of times, but it was William Ruiz as combined for the four games. He was 5 for 14. He scored three runs. Of course, did have the big solo home run in game one. He also had a double to go along with that home run. A couple hitters to watch out for as the Hawks are off for a couple weekends before they travel down to Biola on Friday, March the 8th for a four-game series with the Eagles of Biola. Right now, the top hitter, at least average-wise, Carlos Cosio hitting 407. His on-base plus slugging percentage for you baseball nerds, that's OPS, up over 1,000 at 1.003, which is absolutely phenomenal. And as well, we've been telling you about him throughout this last series recap. William Ruiz has the second-highest average on the team. He is batting 364. His OPS comes in at 985. He does as well have one home run and five RBI on the season. The five RBI is tied for second, while the home run is tied for first, along with Alante Uribe and Danny Terry. Onto the court as men's tennis was in action three times over the past week, and they come back with a 1-2 and two record for those three contests. The first was a 2-5 to five loss to St. Mary's as Hugo Colport picked up a win from the number two singles position, 5-7, 6-2, 10-1. And Philip Achenbach won his singles match from the number six position, 1-6-6-2-6-2 for the two points for the Hawks in that 5-2 loss to St. Mary's. They would then lose the next time out as well. This a 1-6 loss against UC Davis. The only point for the Hawks coming on a singles win from Val Barani as he won in the singles number four position, 6-7, then 7-4 in the tiebreaker, 6-3, 10-7. So it was a long match there for Barani, but he comes away with the victory, and then the Hawks would stop the two-game skid as they would get a 7-2 victory over UC Santa Cruz. They swept doubles play as this one was played under Division Three rules as all doubles matches were considered one point, so the Hawks sweeping doubles play going up 3-0 early. They would then win the majority of the singles contests, the top coming in the number two position in singles by Alex Vinay Munoz as he won 0-6-6-4-6-4, and then John Giesbertz won at the singles number three position at 6-1-7-6, and in the tiebreaker, 7-2.
And as we turn to men's golf out there on the golf links, they took place in the Bay Area Invitational at TPC Harding Park. The Hawks as a team would finish in 10th place out of 14 teams. The top individual finisher for the Hawks was Zach McClare. He finished at 5 over par in 15th place and he totaled 9 birdies for the tournament. That's all that we have to catch you up on from last week. Hawk Nation, stick around after the break. As we come back, we will have our weekly Coach's Corner segment with HNU men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez. We will talk to him about last week's action, the upcoming game this week on Saturday against Fresno Pacific, and, of course, the seeding that is still undetermined and the PacWest Conference tournament berth that the Hawks have earned. So stick around when we come back on the HNU Hotcast. Presented by HNU Athletics. And we're here on the HNU Hotcast. It's time for our Coach's Corner segment as we sit down with HNU men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez. And we're going over the one game in action last week for the Hawks. As we mentioned, it was a 75 73 loss to Dominican. Now, Coach, more importantly, this was the second chance that you guys had to clinch a tournament spot, but unfortunately for the second straight time, you guys came up empty-handed. How do you guys? How do you keep the guys focused as you try to fight for positioning and seeding in the tournament? Yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know. Uh, for us, uh, obviously, we had every intent to go into Dominican and and win that game. I felt like we prepared our guys fairly well. Uh, things you don't account for sometimes is, you know, it's their senior night. And, uh, those guys are playing their last game. They're not having a great season, so they have nothing to lose uh, by just leaving it out on the floor. And I felt like, you know, we did a lot of uncharacteristic things in that game and, and really it, it didn't bode well for us. And contrary to, you know, as bad as we played and def on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we scored enough to win really that game. A uh, team like Dominican scoring 75 the way they're playing this year, that's enough points to win. Uh, we just couldn't pull it together defensively and do enough to get enough stops. And now you mentioned the defensive effort, Dominican shooting 50% from the floor, but you guys were able to win a couple of key areas that normally would translate to a victory for you as you came out plus five in the rebounding battle. You also won the turnover battle by plus three despite being higher than your average. However, you mentioned you guys left other crucial points out there on the floor, especially at the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though the stat sheet shows we went 10 of 17, we missed four one and ones, which puts us at 10 and 21. And so a game where you lose by two and you got opportunities to win it at the free throw line. Other uncharacteristic things, even though we won the turnover battle, we turned the ball over 18 times, uh, which is very uncharacteristic of us. And, and again, they did a great job of capitalizing. I don't want to take credit away from Dominican and what they did. And they were, uh, they did everything they could to win that game and, and really came out successful. But the turnovers for us really killed us. The transition points, I mean, we gave up 27 points in transition and in uh, um, also off turnovers for them. And so that's very uncharacteristic of us to be not take care of the ball. And, and again, we haven't been excellent at the free throw line, but we've done enough to really secure some games at the free throw line. In Concordia, we did that. Uh, we did that against Fresno here at home. And so uh, there's games where we've shown we can do that. 
And so, despite the loss, you guys were still able to clinch a tournament spot that coming when Fresno Pacific lost by 20 to Point Loma on Saturday. So obviously it's not the way that you want it, but what does it mean now that we've talked about it all year long, how it would feel prospectively to clinch a tournament berth, and now that you guys have that already, knowing that you're in that tournament, what does that mean to you guys? Uh, you know, it's... You don't, you know, for us losing two and still getting in, I mean, you, we want to be playing better basketball. You know, we want to be playing your your best basketball heading into this conference tournament, and that's what we've been trying to work on. Uh, and obviously we're not doing it right now, but that's been the focal point for us. You know, we're very thankful that we have an opportunity to represent, uh, you know, the in the PacWest tournament for the for the barrier schools and getting a, a berth to get in. But, uh you know, we have a bad taste in our mouth about how we're playing, and, and I think the guys recognize that uh, and, and really want to make strides towards making sure that, that, you know, we go in and not just make the tournament, but uh, show well and be competitive and see what we can do to really uh, uh, see if we can get a W. This is all uncharted territory for us, and I'm proud of our guys. You know, we haven't been playing good basketball, but I'm proud of them. We set out this goal to make sure we get into the conference tournament this year to actually do it. You know, there's there's seven other schools that don't have that opportunity thus far. And so for us, uh, it's a blessing to be able to, to, to make it. And now knowing that the seating for the tournament is still up in the air, and as you mentioned, you guys maybe not playing some of your best basketball, but you still have one more chance this year as you guys take on the same Fresno Pacific team that was just eliminated. You guys face them this Saturday. How do you start to get the team to maybe right the ship a little bit and figure out some areas where you can improve? Again, our biggest thing is not losing our identity, and uh, I think this week for us is about uh, making sure that we get back to our basics, uh, understand what's gotten us to this point, what, what's, what got us success, and for us, it's the defensive side of the ball. If we can do that, then we're, we're a much different team. It allows us to do different, uh, it allows us to score in so many different ways, in transition, getting stops. Obviously, whenever you can get stops against your opponent, you just increase your chances of being able to get some stuff on the offensive side. But, you know, our team has shown to do it in different ways. Uh, but for us, what has to be consistent is the way we defend and what we do to our opponents on that side of the ball. And as we mentioned, the seeding still up in the air as Academy of Art and UH Hilo are battling for that number six spot in the conference tournament. But it could potentially be the five spot as you guys can still win, but maybe not be in that five spot if Academy of Art wins out. What is the message to the team as you guys go down to Fresno on Saturday? You know, for us, it's just a, you know, for about two weeks now, we've really been in the driver's seat. I know it hasn't boded well for us, but we've been in the driver's seat. And thankfully uh, for us that we won some games early to give give ourselves that cushion. Uh, um, by no means are we content with that. I think this Fresno game is about making sure that we get back to who we are and play really good basketball. Uh, I mean, not take them for granted, you know, for them. Uh, they have nothing to lose as well. Uh, they have one last game to, to play, and so uh, uh, for them, we want to make sure that we treat them with the utmost respect and understand that we fear no one, but we respect everybody. Uh, they're a young team. They're an up-and-coming team, uh, and, and I think we don't want to take that for granted. But I think the focal point for us is to get back to who we are defensively and see if we can really uh, you know, have that, have that opportunity to do it against Fresno and see what we can do to really uh, get back our mojo on the defensive side of the ball. 
And now UH Hilo with three games this week as they play Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Academy of Art also has two games that they play just Thursday and Saturday. Of course, you're going to be watching every matchup closely, but is there one that you're keeping an eye on a little bit more than others? A matchup between Art or Hilo as they face some other opponents getting ready to head down this stretch that'll give you some good scouting for not only in the tournament, but maybe a, a crucial matchup. You know, my focal point right now, uh, I even told our players, I don't care who's playing this week. You know, for me, it's about really getting our guys at a better place uh, and understanding that uh, no matter what, we got to change what we're doing right now and how we're doing it. And so, like I said, this week for us has been about getting back to basics, understanding that we have to uh, find our mojo on the defensive side of the ball, not not have those lapses that we have been having on the defensive side of the ball. Um and again, we're going to play who we're going to play, and that could potentially be Azusa. That could be potentially Shamanad. Um, and so at this point, the most important thing for us is to really get back to where we need to and not have to rely on someone else to make sure we play a certain opponent. Uh, you know, once you make that conference tournament, it really is anyone's game. You know, you win or go home, essentially. And so that, that level of pressure sometimes uh, – you know, gets the best of people sometimes. And so for us, we just want to take care of ourselves, make sure that we're at a better place going into that tournament to give ourselves our best chance to represent Holy Names University. Well, from all of us at Hawk Nation, Coach, congrats on achieving your season-long goal of being able to make it to the PacWest Conference Tournament. Again, the Hawks with one more game this Saturday as they travel to Fresno to take on Fresno Pacific, a game that will be big in the PacWest Conference seating for the tournament. And stick around with us here on the HNU Hawkcast as we wrap up after the break. That's all the time we have for today on episode 14 of the HNU Hotcast. Hawk Nation, thank you for joining me. As always, I'd like to thank HNU men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez for stopping by for our weekly Coach's Corner segment. Before we go, let's catch you up on all the action that you have coming up this weekend for Hawk Nation. We will start with basketball as they travel down to Fresno to take on Fresno Pacific for both men's and women's basketball. Tip times of 2.30 and 4.30 p.m. That's 2.30 for the women, 4.30 for the men down in Fresno. Fresno on Saturday, March the 2nd. On the Diamond, you'll have softball in action as they take on Biola in their season home opener as well as the opening PacWest series of the season. Again, they will be taking on the Eagles of Biola Thursday and Friday, both days set for 12 and 2 first pitch times at St. Mary's College. So make sure that you get out to Moraga, California to see the opening home action of the 2019 campaign for the HNU softball team. Out on the court, men's tennis will be in action four times between now and next Wednesday as on Friday, March the 1st, they travel to take on Sonoma State. On Saturday, March the 2nd, they will take on Santa Clara on the road before returning home. On Monday, March the 4th, as they will take on Biola in a home contest for Mills College, Monday, March the 4th. And then on Tuesday, March the 5th, they will take on Point Loma 
at Mills College once again. So four contests for the HNU men's tennis team over the next week. The women's tennis team will be in action just two times as they will be in action that Monday, Tuesday, Monday, March the 4th versus Biola. Tuesday, March 5th, they will take on number 20, Point Loma. So the women's Point Loma tennis team ranked number 20. That'll be a tough contest for the Hawks in that one. And the last little bit of action we have, the women's golf team will be in action locally as they will travel to Corica Park in Alameda, California to participate in the Tim Tierney Pioneer Shootout hosted by Cal State East Bay round one on Monday, March the 4th and round two on Tuesday, March the 5th. So thanks for joining us, Hawk Nation. Make sure you come back next week for episode 15 here on the HNU Hawkcast. Hey.